Good morning, beautiful people. Happy Thursday, or as we like to say around here, Friday Eve. <laughs> it's Thursday. It's feeling good. It's a little warm outside, I think. I think it's in the 60s already, or it's going to be in the 60s. It's like 48 now. So get ready to get some of this Elm Day. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. I love my platform. You know why? Because I could just talk all the ish I want. That's all right. So uh, at 1015, I got Kayla Vincent coming on. Uh, she is the director of uh, the Yale Access to Law School program and the uh, uh, race and uh, the uh, race, race, race and racial justice and racial <laughs> thing at Yale. <laughs> I didn't go back and get it right. Center, the race and just racial and justice center at uh at Yale. <laughs> so and she's Masora. So uh I'm gonna go and uh I'm gonna go and uh have her on. I'm gonna go catch up with her uh and uh see what's happening. <laughs> Because the Yale Access to Law School program is opened up again. So come on. They had a they had a long list of people on the wait list. So if you're new to this, come on, get it in. Get your applications in. I'm telling you, you 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 cannot go wrong. If you go and look at what it costs to get into a prep program for just uh, three months, <laughs> it's it's expensive. It's expensive. Uh, but you can get you can get you can get some real real uh, training um, and some real support around getting ready for this LSAT and applying to college. And you know they've had people do it. People have cut. This is th I'm in the third cohort, so uh, the fourth one is coming up. So I, I I beg everybody to come get it in, come come do it. So but anyway. Uh, Another day, another shooting in America. Shootings every day. We shoot people every day here. Land of the shooting. <laughs> Don't come here unless you want to be shot at. <laughs> we should just give guns right off the boat. Well, you know, they're not going to give it to Black people because they don't have one Black people here. Uh, but everybody else, come get you a gun so you can shoot out. We are the land of the shootout. And uh, and I let me tell you this. I know Yale University has to be hella embarrassed that DeSantis even graced at their doorsteps. <laughs> I'm gonna blame admissions. They should have saw this. They should have saw this. This clown car pull up to the gates and said, mm, "No, no, 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 no." So if I'm Yale and I'm not. I would look long and hard from any students coming from Florida. I know. I'm sorry about that, Florida. I'm sorry. But y'all not producing thinkers. <laughs> I I don't see it. I maybe I'm maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. Maybe you could prove me wrong. You go, you go up on the website and just prove me wrong. But Yale, if I'm the admissions. I would look long and hard at who comes from Florida. Seriously. Particularly if they're white. I would just, I know you probably can't do that, right? You can't. 
But I would I would look long and hard. I, I would just I would just be thinking, hmm, I can't trust it. <laughs> they gotta be embarrassed that Ron DeSantis is a graduate of Yale University. The king of stupid. What a co-king of stupid. Him and Donald Trump. And, you know, I don't even know if they're really stupid as much as they like to play the stupid card. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think the stupid card works in their favor because they know who their audience is. And you play to your audience. And so they're playing to an audience of people who are watching Fox News. And you know what? Can't nobody say jack to me about Fox News. <laughs> They were like, yeah, we were lying. We were lying the whole time. All we did was just tell lies. And I know it must feel good for the Fox News people or the Fox entertainment people. I don't even know. Can they really be called news? The Fox machine. I know they have to be hella, uh, uh, just feel like a weight has been lifted off their shoulders. They don't have to carry these lies. Oh, but I mean, they're going to keep it going because until they get shut down, because now they got now people are looking at them like, y'all just a bunch of liars. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so listen, that, that listen, they're like, listen, listen, how much money you want? <laughs> how much money do you want from us that we can make this all go away? Because we can't listen. We could, we could, because they know the American public uh, interest is short. So yeah, they, they, they admitted to all the lying. They admitted to all the false. They, they just cop to it, and then they just hope that people will just forget about it. People <laughs> will, right? I mean, if I'm ABC, NBC, and CBS, I and all the cable, MSNBC, CNN. HS, all of them, I would never let this go. Every day I would scroll, Fox News is trash. I would scroll it every day and dare them to drag me into court for it because then I would have to unleash all that texting <laughs> and emails. <laughs> Woo! Oh my God. So listen, and if I if I was the uh, the the folks that are getting the money the the poll the poll machine people, you know what I would do? I would throw block parties and just throw money up in the air. I would throw all their money up in the air. <laughs> oh my God! I would make all the rounds on the on the on the night shows and just talk. Trash, trash, trash. But that's just me. I'm I'm low-key petty like that. You know, I I'm 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 75% Michelle Obama. When they go low, we go high. But the other, you know, 15%, I'm I'm trash too. I'm like, when they go low, we go to the flow. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> No, they, got, they should have to be made. Everybody on the Fox network should have to have a scarlet letter, a big L, a big L for liar. 
every that that should be part of the settlement for like three years. However long they was telling these lies, that's how long they got to wear the scarlet letter on air every day. They got somebody's got to wear everybody's that's on air got to wear a big shiny bright neon sparkly glittery L. Ooh, we told some lies. We told some lies, and 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 then everybody kept their emails and texts. I mean, you can't really get rid of that stuff. So, I mean, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Nothing. You could do nothing. Nothing. So anyway, I'm just saying. <laughs> Somebody's gotta win. Somebody's gotta lose. Somebody's gotta play the fool. <laughs> oh, Eric Holder, when they go low, we kick them. <laughs> I'm with Eric Holder. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Eric Holder. I'm with anybody who's like, I appreciate when they go low, we go high. I get it. That is the high road to take. But man, this is just too juicy not to get you some of it. I'd have to get some of it. Just I'd have to if I'm if I'm CNN or or MSNBC, I'm I'm throwing I'm coming on air with an umbrella. That's the kind of shade I'm throwing. <laughs> no, I'm coming on air with palm trees. <laughs> push push my willow up to the to the set. <laughs> I need hella shade. <laughs> Oh my god oh my god i swear to god they all should have to wear an l for 10 years <laughs> and then it has to be fox news home of bona fide liars and you know here's the thing those of us in our right minds we knew they were lying i mean we knew every day i mean we would just turn it on to see how far the low would how far the lie would go like okay how low are they going today and we knew it we knew it. You know, you walk into some restaurants and places they have they have Fox News on. I'd be like, if you want me to spend my money, you got to turn that mess off. And they, nine times out of ten, they would do it. They put on like, you know, the Golden Girls <laughs> or baseball. <laughs> you know, they didn't want no smoke. You know, five eight, two hundred and ninety pounds. They're not trying to. They're not trying to have me start no trouble. You know, that's just a call to to Scott. So, uh, you know, that's fine. We we want shorts, yes. Um. So, um, yeah, I've got a lot of things going on anyway. But yeah, so I I just wanted to throw some shade at Fox News because. You know, a lot of us already knew what they were. Like a lot of us, we knew what they were. I and mean, we know what they were from the jump, you know. I mean, when Tucker Carlson, you know, got jammed up and his attorney said, well, nobody takes him serious. He's, he's, not, he's not a news guy. <laughs> now that was a separate, that was a whole separate thing. <laughs> and still, I don't see, I, if I'm shaved like that, I'd have to go underground for a little bit. And I, I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't be, want to be tagged as a liar that keeps on lying. I mean, everybody lies. Everybody has told a lie in their life. We all have lied. 
big lies, little lies, white lies, blue lies. We have all lied. That's not that's not the that's not what's at issue. What is it? What is at issue? Is that they continue to deliberately lie, not to save face, but to curry favor with an audience that they knew was not going to do due diligence to figure out or go listen to other news to get to to make a a, a a rational and intelligent decision. They knew their audience. They knew that these people were going to follow along and all this other kind of stuff. They knew Sean Hannity, you know, has some power. He had like talking directly to Trump, to, advising him, right? Uh, all these cats on a, those, those, those chicks with all the lip gloss and the big hair, all of them, you know, I was like, I mean, we knew what they were, but they, they knew their audience. So they didn't care about all the other people. They only cared about the people that tuned into them and followed along and was like, yeah, 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 yeah. You speaking my language. And then language is the language of liars. <laughs> if you are solely watching Fox News, your judgment is really skewed. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I can't tolerate it. I, you know what? I don't, I don't, I, I, it's hard for me to, uh, I've been trained differently. I was, I've been trained differently, particularly when you go to a historically black college, you just, you are trained differently to see the world and you are trained to weed out foolishness. You really are. And, uh, and you learn something about critical thinking. I mean, that's just, that's just off the rip. You learn about critical thinking and you learn uh quantitative analysis i mean you just learn these things so that when you're in the world you are able to sort of understand what is happening around you and that has a lot to do because we live in a very racialized country right everything's predicated on race where you go what you do you know all of that and so we've learned at a very early age how to sort of decipher coded language um, 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 projecting, um, double speak. You know, we we've learned all of that. You know, we know what they mean when they say certain words. We know what they mean when they, you know, when they when they show pictures of us and not pictures of other people. We know what that is when they paint us as 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 shiftless and no good and blah blah blah. We know what that is. That's deliberate. That is deliberate because there is this narrative. There is this narrative that. You know, black is not good. Uh, good enough to build this country. <laughs> build enough to say that these Ivy League schools and all these universities benefit off the backs of slavery and the slave trade. That's the truth. That's not that's not secret anymore. You know, it's, so uh, say what you want. But the truth, the truth, the truth shines through. I don't care how much you shovel over it. You can shovel only so much. And the light of truth sanitizes and comes up, you know. So it was, I mean, I, I think it was inevitable. Uh, I, I will say this, though. All media um, has a role to play in their stupidity around uh, the, the rise of Donald Trump because they treated it like it was uh, uh, a sideshow, a freak show. They treated it like a freak show instead of following it, instead of instead of doing their due diligence and dragging his ass off that pedestal. They didn't do that, you know. He he they 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 went along for the carnival ride, 
Look, look, look what is he doing? Look what is he saying? And then they and then they played into his hands of making that foolishness news when they really could have just shut it down from day one. So I blame all media for that mess. All of them, except black press. Black press around this country knew what time it was. Black press, the, the Chicago Defender, the Inner City News, uh, the L.A. papers, the Texas papers, uh, the Amsterdam News, the, the papers in uh, the D.C. metro area. I mean, there's a lot of black papers in Kansas City paper. There's a lot of black papers in this country, um, 200 of them approximately, um, that knew what time it was way before white media. White media was like, oh, this is fun. Let's see how far it goes. So I blame white media for the rise of Donald Trump because they could have shut that mess down and they didn't. They 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 wanted to 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 get some of that some of that some of that readership and and listenership. So they just went along with it. You know, it was tantalizing. You know what I mean? They watched this car wreck and they helped it. They helped it. When they could have they could have done their due diligence and slammed his ass to the grave, but they didn't do that. They was like they were tickled by it. Right. And then they would fake outrage when he was like and then when he's turned on them, you know, when he started calling them trash and and these these respectable news outlets was like, well, people will people will will know that, you know, he's blah, blah. No, they didn't. So what happened was they started saying stuff like the Wall Street Journal, liberal, liberal white media. <laughs> it's just- And then they started saying all kinds of stuff and turning on these well-respected, long-standing publications and outlets, news outlets, and they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to fight back. See, this is what happens. This is why why I I appreciate growing up in the hood because I know how to scrap. These white folks don't know how to scrap. Some of them know how to scrap, but the majority of them don't know how to scrap. So when a when a Wall Street, when a New York Times gets a gets punched, that what are they gonna do? They run home to mama. Oh, I got punched. <laughs> but if the Amsterdam News get punched, guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna punch back. <laughs> the Detroit Defender gonna punch, Chicago Defender gonna punch back. <laughs> we ain't playing. <laughs> so 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 these the wall street journal the new york times la Times, they get hit and everybody turns on them because they're like oh y'all didn't do your part and they did it <laughs> they didn't do their part they didn't do what they were supposed to do as news as news outlets they didn't and then this whole notion of well we was just chasing the story no you wasn't no, you wasn't. You was chasing the entertainment. Be clear. You were chasing the entertainment. <laughs> That's all right. Now they've learned. Now they learn. And now they're like, okay, now we we de- we we develop some skills. We can punch back. We can punch back. I was like, you know, listen, this is what I learned in college. The pen is mightier than the sword. Y'all seem to have forgotten that. The pen is mightier than the sword. The pen is mightier than the sword. Now, that might translate to the keyboard is mightier than the sword. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever your tool of choice is. (laughs) But now I think they, I think they, um, I think they got a sense, right? I think they got a, uh, I think the, the, uh, 
I think they got a sense of how to how to punch back, you know, and uh, and and let the chips fall where they may. But the idea is to bring the the news. New York Times says all the news is fit to print. Well, damn it. Do you believe that? Because <laughs> if you believe that, you will show that. Boston Globe, all of y'all. You know, the only one, the only one that don't seem to have, a, the only one that can really punch back, the New York Post don't care. You know what they'll do? They'll put like hardcore news and then Hillary Clinton had an alien secret love child. All on the same, in the same paper on the same page. And people understand that with the New York Post. They're like, oh, yeah, that's crap. Okay, this, this, this. Because they know how to serve all the communities, right? So they're like, all right, the people who like this kind of foolishness, Hillary Clinton has an alien love baby secret child somewhere on Mars. All right, that's one population of people. Then there are other people who really want to get the news about this, 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 this. I'm just saying. So. You know, Edward Bulwer Lighton in 1839, the pen is mightier than the sword. So I'm just saying the pen is mightier than the sword. Remember that outlets so that we don't go back down this path. Because listen, this fool is running again. He's running again. Indicted. And listen, Ron DeSantis don't have a snowball's chance in hell against the Donald Trump because Donald Trump is still the preeminent nominee. And he ain't even a nominee yet, but he's the front runner. So unless you unless you really ready to tarnish that Yale degree, and I think you might be, because <laughs> you only playing in Florida. All right, play in Florida if you want to. I don't know if this translates to the rest of the country. Now, there are pockets of the rest of this country that just as stupid as Florida, but not that many. Because you know what is happening? You know that word that he doesn't like so much, woke? Well, looky here, looky here. People all over the country are waking up, and they don't want this kind of country. They don't want that kind of country. I don't care what you see on Fox News about rallies and crowds. I know. People don't want this kind of country. And the midterms election gives you some indication that people are not trying to get down like this anymore. They're tired of it. And as we start to see more and more people pick up guns and just willy-nilly kill people, particularly children, people are going to get tired and be like, listen, something else has got to happen. Something else has got to happen. And now that you don't riled up white women to get on this, uh, let's fight for abortion rights again, because sisters, sisters always been, you know, trying to trying to sort of hold it down for the rest of, of women everywhere. But now white women got to rise up and, and say to white men, ah, keep your hands off my uterus. <laughs> Just keep keep your hands off my uterus. Don't bend, don't bend the, what I need. <laughs> my uterus ain't out here shooting people. My uterus ain't walking into school shooting people. <laughs> I'm just saying. So white women got to pick this mantle up and take that fight to these streets. Now, we done gave you. Sisters have given you the blueprint. Now, go handle it. Dig out your pink hats, whatever you got to do. Make your signs and stomp on these white Republican men. Stomp on them. Just go stomp on them. And, and remind them, listen. 
mess around if you want to. We are shut down. All the vaginas across the country going to go on strike. <laughs> paid and non-paid alike. Just good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You know, I saw um, I saw a piece on Kwame Kilpatrick. Remember Kwame Kilpatrick used to be the mayor of uh, Detroit. You know, he got into a scandal, cheated on his wife, stole some money from the city, lots and like millions of dollars. Well, I guess he done went and became religious or something. And uh, it freaks me out. So he's at the Family Policy Alliance Foundation, uh, uh, conservative, anti-Black, anti anti LGBTQ, anti-abortion, anti-women, anti-everything <laughs> to align with the Republicans. So I guess he's at their convention or with these people down with them. He's the only pe person of color speaking at this thing. <laughs> you know, and that's not even the part that annoys me the most. What annoys me the most is that his new wife was his eighth grade student. Ugh! I don't care if she's of age. I don't care if she's of age now. I don't care. I find that to be nasty. I don't know how you could be a grown man and have a kid in your class in the eighth grade. And then some years later, you end up marrying her. I just think that's nasty. That's just me. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. It's just nasty. Nasty, nasty, nasty. Nasty nasty so anyway uh it's a little uh that's where i'm at with that so i don't, I don't he could get down you know him and that crazy other that sister what's her name uh candace whatever her name is i you know i i don't really care that she's crazy um uh, but i do care about uh you know uh the They could be crazy. That's that's what I'm saying. They could be crazy. I could tolerate the crazy. But what I cannot tolerate is that rule with that whole, this was my student Ugh. when she was in the eighth grade. Like, I don't, I don't get that. That just freaks me out. You know, I, I it just freaks me out. I don't, I don't like to see old men with young women like that. This freaks me out. And uh, people can say whatever they want. I mean, you can say whatever you want. You have whatever opinion you want. I'm just telling you what my opinion is. And uh, I, 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 listen, my, my opinion just have to be the prevailing opinion. But I'm going to tell you something. It's just nasty. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Just going to go with it being hella nasty. Oh, <sighs> There's some word on the street today. I don't think, do we do word on the street on Thursdays? I don't think we do. I don't know. I, I, I haven't heard from Paul Beasy. I could be wrong, you know. Mark, you know what I think was stinky in that fridge? The asparagus. Isn't there asparagus in the bottom of the fridge? I think it's the asparagus because asparagus is stinky. Asparagus smell like death. 
Yeah, it's asparagus. Go and see. I bet you. I bet you that's what it is. Yeah, I think it's it's in the in the fruit bottom of the fruit. Yeah, because we had something sticking in the fridge and we didn't know what it was. It's the asparagus, isn't it? Yeah. Is it stinky? Can you smell it now? I don't want to open it. Let me see. Well, if you can't smell it, it's, it's like mushy and wick on the top. I can't, I can't, I can't open it. Oh, it's not bad. It doesn't seem to be bad. Don't understand. There's some, uh, might be some other vegetable in there. See what else is in there. Look at the color it's giving off at the top. What? What's I'm thing? sorry, live radio. We have no technical difficulties. No, it's fine. Yeah, it's not this. Something else. It's some other vegetable. Yeah, it's just some other vegetable, Margo. I bet you. Because it's very powerful. Something is stinky in our fridge. We're trying to figure it out. <laughs> we're trying to uh we're trying to figure it out let me remind people that egypt is in africa just fyi so if Cle and cleopatra uh there's a bunch of cleopatras just means you know ruler right so you get mad if you want if you make make Cleopatra black. Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> there were no white women with violet <laughs> eyes in Egypt. Just FYI. In case you were wondering. Did you find it? Huh? What? Oh, is it? Just throw them all away. Is that what it is? You tell me. Is that empty? I don't know what. It might be just a bunch of it. So just dump it. Dump it and then put some hot water in the. Uh... Yeah, we're we're in here being um, um, uh, Detective Columbo. And then you got another one right there, right? Is that vegetables? Everything. Oh, yeah, it's bad. Where you going? Just throw it. Don't throw it in the sink. Yeah, I think it's just a combination of all that stuff. Just heat, put some dishwashing liquid in the water and uh, hot water and just swish it. Anything gets fuzzy when you leave it long enough. It's called science. <laughs> science, boys and girls. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. It's just all the things. It's just all the things. It's just all the things, so. Yeah, I don't think we have a word on the street. Do we have it on Thursdays? I don't know. 
Do we have do we have word on the street on Thursdays, Harry? I don't know. I don't think we do. We do? All right. So that means Paul is out there scouring these streets. <laughs> I would think it's the affair, dude. Yeah. But just push air in it. All right, throw it out. Now you gotta take the garbage out. Yeah, it's just stinkiness. It's just all you know why? Because all the all the vegetables they produce a gas. And if they're rotten, they just rot. So, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> Woo! It was stinky in here. Yeesh. That's all right. We, we get it together. We make it work. We make it work. We make it work. We make it work. What's the weather like outside? All right. Okay. Yeah, so close the garbage bag up so you can cut that smell right out. I know what you know what you're doing. I taught you. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's bad. E, 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 e. Well, anyway, uh, let's get into it, people. Um, so, yeah, as I told you, I got a, a Kayla Vincent coming in at uh, uh, 10.15. And uh, I need to send Harry the, um, the link. <laughs> Let me let me let me look for the link. <laughs> Cause that would be helpful uh to uh put up since we're gonna be talking about the Yale Access to Law School program. Uh so uh, which is run by uh her and uh James Foreman. And uh, you know, I want people to uh I want people to uh be able to uh get access to it and get access to the uh the application which is open live it's live i want people to uh i want her to uh I want people to go and check it out but uh yeah but it is the uh it is the weekend and uh wednesday i'll be uh leaving on the jet plane don't know if I'll be back again. I mean, I'll be back. But I'm going because I'll be 60 on the continent of my peoples. And then I go back in February for uh, uh, a writer's residency in Senegal. I'm I'm really excited by that. It's like I get my paperwork in. <laughs> I got I to gotta get my paperwork in. I'm going to do that in the next couple of days. Oh, so many things, so many good things. Oh, I'm going back to Story Week in in May. I'm so delighted to go back. I'm glad that they invited me to to uh, uh I'm glad they invited me to come back and lend support to that because I feel like um that I, I like that vote of confidence in my abilities um to just hold space 
uh, for stories. And, uh, and I just appreciate, I just appreciate it greatly. Um, uh, I just, it just feels good to be in that space. And then some other, other opportunities are coming up to work on some other things. So that makes me feel good. Cause you know, I, I was saying for a while, you know, um, I, I'd like to make a little bit more money in ways that I can, that makes sense. Um, and so, uh, pimping out my services and my abilities is a good way to do that. <laughs> You know, for sure, periods of time, for sure, increments. So I don't have to go be a Walmart greeter. No shade to Walmart greeters. You know, I don't got to go, you know, do UPS or anything like that. I could just, you know, use my skills and talents um, to just bring a little more money my way. Because, uh, you know, I'm aging and I and I got to shore up my, my, my savings. And, and I have to just, I got debts I got to pay. I'm like, I got stuff I got to pay. So, so it's nice to be able to sort of uh, find ways to sort of do that that don't, um, you know, uh, in short increments of time, I, I appreciate it greatly. So I appreciate it greatly. And, uh, and it's, and it's nice to be able to do work that I love and enjoy and be paid handsomely. You know what I mean? Like that's, that really is the blessing right there. The, the ability, the ability, that's the blessing. I'm grateful for the ability. So, um, yeah. So uh, it is, uh, April is National Poetry Month. And uh, I want people to know that. <laughs> yeah, that made all the difference, Marco, because when you was taking out the trash, the, the, the trash as it was going, I was like, okay. Yeah, it was the asparagus and all the other stuff. And I, I need to just buy frozen. You know, this is what I know. I know to, uh, uh, before I get to the poem that I want to read, I know better than to buy fresh vegetables because I'm a single woman. And I, I you know, I sometimes I don't cook these vegetables. <laughs> That's why I don't get the CSA anymore because it would just be, every week it would just be more and more and more and more and more. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> all these vegetables. So frozen vegetables work. They, uh, frozen vegetables are a girl's best friend. Damn what they say about diamonds. Frozen vegetables are a girl's best friend. Because you can throw them in the freezer, pop them out when you want to. If I want broccoli, and you know, you can get organic cut from the, from the farm, packaged right there in the bush, and put in the freezer vegetables. Just saying. Yeah, now if I want fresh vegetables and I'm out, I'll get a salad or we'll get, you know. But for me to just try to make a salad at the house, it's just not a go. It's just not a go because it'll just rot. So unless I've, you know, and there's a woman on, on Facebook or Instagram or Facebook that I follow who tells you all the trips, tricks on how to preserve food and vegetables. And I love her. But then I was like, why? I don't, I don't need lettuce to sit in my refrigerator for a month. Why? I'm not, I'm not going to eat it. So. So anyway, back to um back to uh April. Uh April is National Poetry Month. And I, I'm a huge fan of Pierre um Genty. Um he he writes books, he writes poems about you know relationships, her and him, all these kinds of things. And I was reading one yesterday at uh uh I was reading one yesterday at uh, Possible Futures. I didn't buy it. I want to buy it, but I didn't buy it. <laughs> so I just like, 
all right, I'm gonna I'm not gonna buy it. But the good thing is I could sit there and read it and get my fill and then uh and then move on. So um so I was looking for a poem that I could uh read. That I really I I like his thinking on a lot of things. You know, I don't know if there's anybody I agree with 100 percent but I love poetry and uh, uh I love poetry and I love a good well-written crafted poem you know I do and uh I'm just trying to as I'm scrolling through I'm trying to find one that I like okay so this one is called uh no and it does a lot of like, you know, breakup kind of poems and, or let me tell you why she left you. <laughs> uh, I think this one is to the, to the women I once loved. You are morning coffee. You are the sunshine and the sunset. You are a flower and it's thorn. You are strong and weak. You are independent and dependent. You are virtuosity, you are substance, you are art. I mean, that's, I like it. Oh, nothing from Pablo yet? Harry, I did do Pablo. I did Pablo the other day. I don't think you'd be listening to me, Harry. I don't think you'd be listening. But I'm going to give you some Pablo right now before we, before we dash out. I'm going to give you some. Uh... Yeah. Okay. Your laughter. Let's see. I kind of want something a little shorter because you know Pablo, Pablo can go long with some of these. I've got some dog ears. Let me see. What do I have? Do I have dog ears? I might have read these that I've dog dog eared. Yeah. Okay. Uh okay. Your hands. When your hands go out, love toward mine, what do they bring me flying? Why did they stop at my mouth suddenly? Why do I recognize them as if then, before I had touched them? As if before they existed, they had passed over my forehead, my waist. Their softness came flying over time, over the sea, over the smoke, over the spring. And when you placed your hands on my chest, I recognized those golden dove wings. I recognized that clay and that color of wheat. All the years of my life, I walked around looking for them. I went upstairs. I crossed the roads. Trains carried me. Waters brought me. And in the skin of the grapes, I thought I touched you. The wood suddenly brought me your touch. The almond announced to me your secret softness until your hands closed on my chest and they were like and they were like two wings. They ended their journey. Go ahead, Pablo Neruda. Bring it to me. Uptown funk gonna bring it to me. Uptown funk gonna bring it to me. <laughs> Don't believe me, just watch. <laughs> Pablo Neruda gets it in. I don't know if y'all ever see um, Il Postino. If you've not seen Il Postino, you probably could get it on Netflix or who or somewhere. But that's such a such a wonderful little movie. 
the postman. So you might want to you might want to check that out. Uh, so yeah, Harry, there's your uh, Pablo Neruda. <laughs> and and these are taken from Pablo Neruda love poems. A little, I love this little, just this little slip of a book, and it's pink and it's pretty, and uh, you know how could you go wrong? How can you go wrong? I have named you queen. There are taller ones than you, taller. There are purer ones than you, purer. There are lovelier than you, lovelier. But you are the queen. When you go through the streets, no one recognizes you. No one sees your crystal crown. No one looks at the carpet of red gold that you tread as you pass the non-existent carpet. And when you appear, all the rivers sound in my body. Bells shake the sky and a hymn fills the world. Only you and I, only you and I, my love, listen to it. Go ahead. I, I, my Spanish is not that good, so I could phonetically speak Spanish, uh, but I don't know if I'm good. I don't know if I'm good. Uh, uh, I don't know if I'm good at, at reciting poems into Spanish. But I could try, because, you know, Pablo Neruda. <laughs> I'm cool like that. I'm cool like that. I'm cool like that. I'm cool like that. I didn't even see what was on the um, New Haven Independent. Y'all need to check the New Haven Independent in the mornings. You know what? Let me take a look. Let's see what's up. I didn't I didn't check it this morning. Um, you know, because if I don't post <laughs> and nobody's coming at me, you know, when I when I post, you know, I expect some old mess. <laughs> they like the gad um the New Haven Independent posting, postings are like cheers the bar. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes you gotta go where everybody knows your name. Do, 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 do. And they're always glad you came. You want to go where people are all the same. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nothing new is up yet. Well, we got a new uh, superintendent. Uh, Madeline Negron is the new su superintendent of New Haven Public Schools. Let's see how long. Let's let's turn over the hourglass. See how long. Let the countdown begins. Uh, uh, yeah, because Eileen is like, I'm out. <laughs> I done had enough of y'all and your badass kids. <laughs> Eileen is like deuces. So here comes Madeline, and uh, you know. Hill House High School needs a new roof. All right. Uh, let's see. How the, the 911 crew call crew bulks back up? Okay. I, I wonder if it, I guess I should read the article. It's, it's nice that there's a follow-up because I wanted to know how, how that's going. Uh, and then there's a piece on the uh, DiasporaCon from Lucy Gelman. Uh, from the arts paper that's up on the uh, independent site. And I pulled it for the inner city, so it should be running in the inner city. And then, 
uh, let's see. That's all kinds of stuff. Bring back rent control. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Well, this is uh, Jam Jamil Raglan. Uh, he's running for Hartford mayor. Okay. Uh, and the and the sweet couple that we met the other day on Word on the Street, uh, they live on Willis. Interesting couple, very interesting couple. She's a courier. I didn't know you could be a courier anymore. That's very interesting. I guess there are some things you just cannot electronically send. That some things have to have original hard copy thing, hard hard original, you know. Uh, and then the warrant for the man killed over a thousand dollar drug debt. I, I read that yesterday. It made no sense to me. I didn't. Now you're going to go to jail for the rest of your damn life for this foolishness. Like, I seriously, yeah, that's just, I don't understand how people mess with their freedom like that. I guess if you ain't never had your freedom snatched, you don't value it. I'm here to tell you. Mm-mm. <laughs> uh-uh mommy no 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 so anyway that's uh that's some of the news on the name independent if you feel so inclined go check it out go read what's going on in your neck of the woods in your community <sighs> i tell you this 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 gun stuff though we not but we'll ban some books though We'll ban some books in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh no, books are dangerous. <laughs> I don't know anybody who was in their grave killed by a book. I, I don't know of any. I don't. Unless you throw a book at somebody's throat and it chops off their head, I don't. I don't know of any deaths by books. I don't. You know. I don't know. You know, you know. So, anyway, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Take a look. We are doing life wrong in this country. We're doing it wrong. We are doing it so wrong. And at some point, we're gonna get. We're gonna get to the tipping point. We're gonna get to the tipping point with this gun business, and then we're gonna look back and say, "Oh my God." How did we let this happen for so long? How did we stand on this for so long? How did we allow children to be at the mercy of people killing them? How did we do that? We we're gonna we're gonna look back on this and have to reckon with it. I'm not kidding you. I'm not. I know. I know we will because this just seems. You know the 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 cheerleader that was killed because she was getting in the. She, she went to the wrong car because it looked like another car. And then that guy gets out the car and comes and shoots her. Or a, a white woman up in upstate New York, they pull into the driveway just to turn around. They wasn't driving up to the house. They just was trying to turn around because they was they knew they figured out they, they were in the wrong place. Like somebody came out there, shot at the car and killed her. Like, what is going on? You know what? If you that damn afraid, then you really should go underground. Like, you shouldn't live nowhere with polite people. Anyway, I'll be back with Kayla Vincent. That's my take on it. I'll be back. <laughs>
straight out of Valets. Them, they got boo bodies, hard rock Brooklyn kids. Us floor rush when they DJ booming classics. You lick the crew on the fattest hip hop record. He touched the kinks and sinks into the sounds. She frequents the fatter joints called undergrounds. Our funk zooms like you hit the Mary Jane. They flock to booms, man, boogie had to change. Who freaks the clips with matter mouth percussion? Where kinky hair goes the unthought of dimensions? Why is it so fly? Cause hip hop kept some drama. When butterfly rock the light with sway boomers. What by the cut? We push it off the corner. How was the buzz entire hip hop era? Was fresh and back since they started saying Audi? Cause folks made fat from right beneath my hood. The pooba of the styles like miles and shit. Like 60s funky worms with waves and perms. Just sending junky rhythms right down your block. We beat to rap what key beat to lock. But I'm cool like that. 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 I'm cool. We beat a chocolate tap to my raps. She innovates at the sweet of cat naps. He at the funk club with the vibrate. Then they be crazy down with the five It can't kick a plan that a crowd burst. I be digging it with the bug first. Us, we be freaking till dawn, peace and I. He gets a stranger smile, so I say hi. What's up? Who understood? Yeah, understood the plans. Get heard of it and put it to his hands. What I just flip, let borders get loose. How to consume all the beaches like juice. If it's the shit, we'll lift it off the plastic. The babes will go spastic. Hip hop is a classic. Pimp play a shop, it don't matter. I'm fatter. Ask butter how I zone. Man, Cleopatra Jones. And I'm chill like that. I'm chill like that. I'm chill like that, 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 I'm chill. Kids seven and a crescent. Us cause a buzz when a nickel bags a dope. Him, that's my man with the asteroid belt. Fake catch a fizz from the Mr. Doodle Big. He rocks a teeth from the Crooklyn Nine Pigs. The rebirth is slick like my gangster stroll. The lyrics just like me come in stacks and rolls. You used to find the bug in a box with me. Now he boogies up your stage, plats twist the braids, and I'm peace like that. 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 Hidden in strange times, I'll find my strength. Even when down, I'll stand alone. Do you love me? Don't belong. Sometimes I wish I was born. Crying tears, baby. Oh, I wish they could come true 
second hour of love babs love talk i'm babs rolls ivy and i'm delighted this morning to have back miss kayla vincent who is executive director of the uh, racial and justice center at yale did i say that right law and racial justice center you were close good morning okay i'm getting close, I'm getting close. <laughs> and the yale access to law school program which the applications are open they are open and they've oh. started to come in so we're excited, really? we're excited already? About that. we've already gotten a few yep they open on Monday and they'll stay open until June 30th. Wow, that's a good while. You'll yes, be able to yes. get like thousands. <laughs> <laughs> we want people to have time. We want people to have time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're going to have time. Let me tell you, because I, I done gave it out to people already. Like, I was like, oh, it's open here, here, here. Excellent. Here. Love to hear that. <laughs> All right. So what year are we in, Kayla? This will be our fourth cohort already. It's kind of hard to believe. Um, yeah, so this will be our first, our fourth cohort, and our second group will be starting law school in the fall. Um, so we've got people in all stages of the process now, folks applying, folks in the program, folks in law school. So we're really excited. So so is, is this the dream realized? We'll see. You know, I mean, I think that the, the dream has always been sort of two part. And one of the one is that, you know, we live in New Haven. We have neighbors who want to go to law school. And that's something that people already in law school are like uniquely able to help folks do. So in that sense, that part we've got done, right? We've got folks who are going to law school and going to law school with good financial aid um, packages and, and all of those things. Um, but the second part has really been like investing in folks who want to lawyer right here in New Haven and in Connecticut. And so it's going to take a little bit longer to see the outcomes of that, where there are folks like you, for example, who are done with law school, barred and practicing right here at home. Um, that's right. We, we, speak, we speak things into existence around here. And we're really excited to see the sort of community impact that that has. I, I mean, I think you're well on your way. Well, you know, when I talk to Addis, who is my mentor in all of this um, and 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 what she is wanting to do, and I'm buying into that with her, mm -hmm. um, just, you know, do, to work in community, to do the work that she and I have already been doing all our lives and me being way older than her. But um, that that is the dream for us. Like she and I, we don't have aspirations for big law firms or any of that. We we really just want to be on the ground with with the people and just, you know, make a difference uh, in that way. So, and that's uh, where there's like real legal needs um, that, that are being unmet because there's not enough folks who want to lawyer in exactly the way you just described. Yes. Yes. So, so how many people can you take in the program at one time? Up to 20 people in each cohort. And that's, that's a sweet number. Like, how did you come to 20? Like what, what was it about 20 versus 15 versus 30? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So we want to take as many people because kind of like uh, two, two sort of competing things. One is we want to be able to support as many folks as possible. And the other is like being really honest about our own capacity. Like we don't want to invite so many people to be fellows that then people are like, well, wait, 
I can't get in touch with my coach and my coach is overwhelmed. And we want to really be able to build a community where people feel like they have support. And we just don't think we can do that with more than 20 people at a time. Um, uh, and so that's how we landed at 20. Mm. And so and so the, the folks that y'all recruit law students and yes. they're Yale law students, y'all recruit, they're some of the kindest, nicest people I've ever seen in my entire life. They and really and are. I keep waiting for them to be annoyed. And I've not <laughs> seen, you know what I mean? Like, no, I, yeah. I've not seen that one instance. Like, and we're in the group meet chat together. And we'll somebody will put something in and somebody will answer it. Are they so willing to help? I've never seen this kind of help in all my days. I, I, what is it? What is it? <laughs> you know, it's really that the, the folks who like self-select to want to be in our class are just wonderful people. Like that's one of the best things. We just get really lucky year after year. And at this point, those folks are actually today at lunchtime, those folks who you know who are the coaches now are going to have a uh, like a lunch information session with students who might think about joining the program next year. And when when they go to those sessions, you know, you'll hear other law students say things like, I don't know, y'all seem kind of like a cult, like y'all like each other a little bit too much. <laughs> and this is like, unlike other spaces that I've seen at the law school. And it really is just the students are wonderful people. And the kind of students who are attracted to this program are often themselves people who benefited from a pipeline program or who felt like there was something about them that meant they weren't the right fit for law school. And so they're really just trying to pay forward um, what they themselves have received and, and they can see firsthand like all the barriers that exist. And they're just willing to say, if I can knock down even half of this barrier, I'm going to do that. Um, they're just good people. They are. Yeah. Every last one of them. I've not, I've not seen an annoyance. I've not experienced attitude. It has just been wrapping their arms around us in such a way that they really do make you believe you could do this. Well, you know what I mean? because you can, <laughs> you definitely can. Um, and they know that better than anyone else because they're doing it right now too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so you start, so they, so they in turn recruit people that they know, or they, they recruit people, they have a session and then they recruit people. And I'm sure you vet them and all this other kind of stuff mm -hmm. and then sign them on. And then, and then they, then they start fresh with a new group of, of incoming folks. Is that how it works? Yes, exactly that. Yes. So the coaches are coming in at the same time that the fellows are coming in. And that's a part of, you know, the beauty of our community too, is everyone's looking to build community and everyone's new to the program. It's really great. It, Cause it's a huge commitment of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On both sides, right? Both as a coach and a fellow. I think oh you can my be God. appreciate the time <laughs> commitment. Like you hear us say it during the process. You hear yes. it during the interview. But that's not quite the same as it's like Wednesday night and the hours need to be put in. Um, it really is a huge time commitment. It is. And I, I, I you know, because I, I know people, uh, Kayla, who are studying uh, without benefit of a pipeline program or or prep program. And, and I, and I said, listen, you don't even know what you don't know mm -hmm. doing it this way. I was like, mm -hmm. you don't even know all the other stuff that's underneath and around and under that you got to do. This is just one part of that journey. Mm -hmm. And, and this can't, and this is not the end all be all part either the LSAT. 
it's all right. the personal statements and the addenda. And the, uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> it's like almost <laughs> like a never ending list. And I think the thing that a lot that sometimes um, folks aren't able to know as well is that the people who are successful in this process and who end up at a law school, they're really happy about being yet do this process in community. And, some, yeah. and for some people, that community is like, my mom is a lawyer. My dad is a judge. My dad's best friend is a lawyer, right? And for people who don't have access to that built-in community, that's why pipeline programs are so important because they, they, it allows folks to do in community what everyone else who's successful is doing in community. Mm. So um, do you get any pushback about the pipeline, Kayla, that why, why, do, they, why do they need a, a, a pipeline? Why, why can't they just be like everybody else and, you know, not have those uh, uh, supports. You know, I actually, I really haven't heard that, Um, at least not here in New Haven. I haven't heard folks asking that question. And I I think in part, it's because, especially in the law school, it's because folks in the law school know that it's, what we're doing is leveling the playing field. We're not giving folks things that other people don't have access to. Lots of people, especially folks who go to law school straight out of undergrad and they have the means, they'll take, you know, six months off, not working, not doing anything, but studying for the LSAT with an LSAT um, tutor or an LSAT program. And so if you think about someone who's able to do that by providing folks in New Haven with with an LSAT program, we're actually just leveling so that everyone's in the same place. We're not giving people things that other people, you know, don't, don't have access to. And so I think, you know, we think about it as we all benefit when there are more lawyers who want a lawyer on behalf of community. And why wouldn't we want to help more people do that? Mm. And so are other 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 law schools looking at y'all as a model for this? Do they do they call you up and say, Kayla, how do you do this? <laughs> it's a good question. No, not as of now. We haven't had that, but that's one thing that we really hope will happen. There are tons of law school pipeline programs. In the country, and so we're really happy to be in good community, like to be in a group of other folks who are also doing this. But a lot of those are not place-based. It's not like I am a law school in this community. What am I doing to help people in this community become lawyers? Mm -hmm. You know, as far as we know, that is not a model that's being used elsewhere. And we do really hope people will take it up um, because people should be thinking about both how they can be helpful to the world, but that has to include the people right around you who are your neighbors. Um, so we hope there'll be more programs like ours and not just in the law, right? This could happen for medical school. It could happen for nursing school. It could happen for a lot of different different things. Mm-hmm. And so does does Yale Law School, does, does this yield them some prestige when they do this? Because I know some high power people have come to that law school and, mm-hmm. and I would imagine they enjoy that reputation, you know, um, does this does this win them any prestige around doing this, or or is it like you said they they recognize that this needs to level a playing field and and who better than us to do it? Yeah, you know, so the our program sits inside of the Law and Racial Justice Center, so it's not in the law school admissions office. Um, but I, I think I think the answer is yes, at least in, in our from our stance. But the I think who the prestige is coming from for us is folks in New Haven, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the right audience of, you know, are we doing a better job of being good neighbors to the folks around us? And if this is helping to 
like move the scales of that in the right direction, I think that means we're doing a good thing for New Haven and we're doing a good thing for you. Mm. So tell me a little bit about the kinds of applicants, Kayla, who 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 have you seen the applications who that come through and then the, the decisions to choose? How do you choose? Yeah. So our application is pretty, especially as compared to actually applying to law school, it's pretty straightforward and simple. Um, and I wish not- law school <laughs> applications were as good. Yeah, well, that would be wonderful, right? Because um, we're really not trying to like, the problem is there are too many gates that don't need to be there. And we're not trying to be like this new gate. Um, and so we really just want to know like two two things. Why do you want to be a lawyer? And like, what does New Haven mean to you? Those are basically the two questions on our on our application. Um, and we're really, when we look back at those, our first priority is that we wanna be helping people as local to New Haven as possible. We do also take folks from anywhere in Connecticut. So if you're anywhere in Connecticut, you should feel welcome to apply. And we also will take, we will take fellows who um, have had contact with the criminal legal system, no matter where they, they live, um, as long as they're able to come to New Haven for our sessions. But it's really just about how well you're able to explain why you want to go to law school is a big piece of it. And then the other piece goes back to our earlier conversation, which is about time commitment. Um, As you know, it takes a lot of hours of LSAT studying. And we there are some programs that will have you spend like a month of concentrated LSAT studying. And we don't do that for a couple of reasons. One is that not everyone can like not work <laughs> for a month and just study for the LSAT. Not realistic for most people. Uh-uh. And also it lets you spread all those hours out, right? Over, you know, eight months or so. And so uh, sometimes it's just a matter of, it, do you have the time in your life right now to set aside, to do all the things that it takes to put together a stellar application? Um, and so sometimes we'll have folks who will reach back out and say, I, we would love it if you'd reapply in the future when you have a little bit more free time. Or there'll be someone um, who is from New Haven, but currently living somewhere else. And we'll say, well, if you think you're coming back home and you'll be around locally, please reapply in the future. And we see a lot of um, folks apply more than once. Uh, so yeah, that's really just as an explanation of why law school and, and what New Haven means to you is what we're looking for. Oh, I love it. I love it. And so now, so this is cohort number four. So mm-hmm. what, what do you think y'all have learned so far? And and are you, and as you learn, uh, I, I would imagine that you're like, okay, we're going to do this a little different over here, or we're going to do this a little different with this. I mean, mm-hmm. is that, is that the idea? Yeah, that's definitely the idea. And it's where the, the, the students, the Yale law students have been really wonderful too. It's an opportunity for them to think about like, how do you actually build a program that responds to a need meaningfully? And you continue to reevaluate just because we've done something one way in the past doesn't mean it worked, doesn't mean it'll work for this new cohort of folks. And so we really do try to program around the specific community that's right in front of us. Um, we've learned about all the ways that studying for the LSAT is really isolating. So it's not just whether or not you have a program, but it's also... Are you literally spending time with other people studying for the LSAT? And it's also, are you spending time with other people who understand what you're going through, like not studying for the LSAT, right? Like that's why we did a bowling trip in the fall and we're doing a social event this this weekend um, that really it is the relationships that you build that carry you through the hard moments. And so we've been thinking a lot about how do we keep creating new opportunities 
for you to have relationships, not just with your coach, but with all the coaches and with the other fellows. Um, so th- I think those are some of the, the main lessons we've been, we've been um, applying this year. I love it. So um, talk to me about the relationships that you have with the other neighboring law schools, because we've been to UConn, um, mm-hmm. we've been to Quinnipiac, and, yep. and our time is spent, a lot of our time is spent uh, on Yale, Yale Law School campus. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk about those relationships with that, because I find that to be quite gracious and illuminating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's I think it part of one of the hard things about law school is that or and you may remember this even from like trying to decide where to go to college, especially when it's like you're like 16, 17, 18 years old. There are all these options. How do you even know what's a good fit? What do you look for? Who's going to pay the money? That kind of thing. And so we're trying to make sure that people don't have to figure all of that out on their own. Um, You know, New Haven or Connecticut has three law schools, and we have a lot of fellows who want to stay local. Um, And so helping folks to learn more about the law schools that are right here around us, um, and also some in just right across the line in Massachusetts or in New York City, um, that's a big part of demystifying the application process. So you start to realize, oh, do I want to take classes in groups of 90 versus groups of 60? Do I want to be somewhere where the faculty really care about mentoring students? Do I want to go into big law? And so I need to be at a place that's good for that. Do I want to be a public defender? And I think a lot of people end up having to figure this out in their first year of law school. And it's like a little, it's too late then to decide that you're not actually (laughs) at the right place. And It's been really wonderful how the law schools in Connecticut have been really open to meeting with our fellows and talking about who they are and being honest about what they can offer so people can make really informed decisions. Yeah, I I found that to be um, uh, when I I went to UConn, when I went to UConn and and Quinnipiac, I found them to be so uh, real and honest about, you know, what they require, uh, what they have to offer. Um, and I, I've never spent any time in, in these spaces, in these spaces like that. So, so I would have been like everybody else trying to figure out, okay, well, okay, well, what, what, how do I, you know, so to get a chance to go and sit (laughs) and listen and feel, um, that was worth everything, you know, uh, that was such a good, nice, a nice turn of events. Yeah, we're really, really appreciative of the teams at both of those schools for, for doing that for us on, on a Saturday and, and being so, you're right. I mean, the, one of the things is once people have admissions off it offers, we often say like, you know, don't decide to attend a law school that you haven't visited yet. You know, you need to just go there and see if it feels right to your body to be there. And to be able to do some of that before even applying is, is really, really a huge benefit. Mm, it is. And so now I, 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 I want people to know that you just don't cut us loose. No. Um, once we take the LSAT. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's just, that's just the first, the first part of this long-term relationship. <laughs> Cause there's way more to uh, going to law school, the application process than just the LSAT. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I mean, there's a whole thing about this and, uh, and, and the more that you learn about it, um, the better you are, so you don't make these mistakes and got to backtrack and try to figure this out in the ninth hour, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I love that because I was like, okay, um, do they cut us loose at the end? No, you're like, no, 
we're going to get you start applying and then start fielding offers. And, and I was like, you walk us through this whole process. Like, I'm not yeah. going to be by myself trying to decide these things. And even in law school, I mean, the same is true. Like we've been, our, we, we have a, our first cohort who's in law school now. And, you know, we've talked to them about their, their summer plans and how we can support that. And we're continuing to think about what it looks like to support folks all the way through law school. Um, so there really will never be a point that, that it's like, all right, well, I used to be a fellow <laughs> and now <laughs> I, can't, I can't call on them anymore. That's, that's not, that won't, that won't, that never happens. I love, I love it. So, so Kayla, when you, when you think about the reach of, of folks, um, um, how far into community do you go? Do you, are you, are you talking to, uh, like the NAACP or are you talking to this? local colleges are you like how are you reaching people you know we a lot of our, what we've done so far has been word of mouth which i think has been really great um because we have fellows who like you who tell other people about it because they think that it's, <laughs> we're actually doing a good job um so that's been really great um and we also you know last year we tabled at the juneteenth celebration we um we're very grateful to have uh, some high school students who hung door knockers for us around the city. So we've been trying to think about ways to reach folks who are not already somehow connected to Yale, whether because they're staff or someone in their family is staff um, or they work at the law school. Um, and so we welcome suggestions. If you have thoughts about ways that we should be reaching out to folks, because we've been we've been really lucky so far. We've gotten people from all like parts of the city and people with all different sorts of um, careers before wanting to go to law school. And we want to make sure we keep making sure everyone knows about the opportunity. I think what I what I've been struck by since I've been in this program, and I and I've been publicly putting my journey on Facebook and Instagram, so people are following along my my study and all the all the things. Uh, but what, what I have found most interesting is I had no idea so many people wanted to go to law school mm. and just had no way to, to make that happen. Like <laughs> really had just, just was like, I always wanted to go to law school. And I was like, wow, it's just mm. like a quietly held secret. Yeah. Uh, Cause people didn't know how to figure out how to you know, because then they got jobs and they got families and they got all these other commitments or or they did or they were formerly incarcerated and they were like, oh, I had no idea I could I could go to law school. Yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah you could. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so there are a lot of people, like you said, kind of like holding holding it close to the chest and not sharing with folks because um, the path doesn't seem clear. And we hope our program helps that path to seem clear for for at least some of our uh, some of our neighbors. I, I, I think, I think, uh, I think it's a good path. And, uh, cause I, 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 you know, before I decided to do it, I looked around to see what else, what else out there could get me, get me there. And <laughs> I, and then, and then, and then I just hit a roadblock because I was like, some of these, these programs are expensive. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and a lot of them are just online and, and I was like, no, I can't, I just cannot do two years online of anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know, I know. One lesson we've learned over the last couple of years, some of us like it and some of us really do not <laughs> like being <laughs> online all the time. I'm right there with you. But you know, there really are, there are opportunities for financial aid. There's ways to set yourself up to be more likely to get aid from the schools you're interested in. 
Um, there are people who go, there are part-time programs right here in Connecticut. So there are ways to make this happen if it really is a goal that you want to achieve. And so I'm glad, like, it's wonderful even that you're putting your journey on social media, because then it means people who even aren't in our program are still getting the benefit of the information, which we really feel like everyone should have access to. Um, mm. We don't limit our numbers because we're trying to gatekeep. We, we're just trying to be able to like do what we say we're going to do for people. But we really want this information to be as widely available as possible. It shouldn't be a secret how to become a lawyer. I, 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 and, and I hear you all say that all the time. Like you, it's like ingrained in, in the conversations that we have with people, you know, um, and for a long time, it just, you know, from where I sit, it just seemed like a, like a, that it was not meant for everybody that only a select few could actually do this. Right. And so, and so to hear you all keep saying, no, 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 we want everybody to be able to do this. You know, it just feels, it feels so welcoming. Mm -hmm. It makes our profession better too right? Like part of the, you know, we would be, lawyers would be better able to serve their clients if they looked like and understood the experiences of their clients. And so some of this is like a little bit selfish. I'm like, I actually want lawyers to be better at their jobs. And one of the best ways to do that is to change who the lawyers are and to add a new set of people to that group who already have the talents and skills to be better at like the sort of lawyer client relationships and those kinds of things. So we're excited to have y'all join the ranks. (laughs) Well, you know, listen, we are, we are doing our best. Even in our frustrations uh, with this wrestling with this LSAT. (laughs) Yes. And that's the goal. They're like, the LSAT will get some people to just count themselves out. And we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Yeah, it, 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 it will, it will. And, uh, and uh, it has been a learning lesson for me to sort of calm my brain about it uh, and not see it as a personal uh, uh, failing or uh, lack of intellect or or whatever. And uh, and you all do a good job of saying, listen, it's a game. God it just is. have the tools to play the game. It has nothing to do with your ability or not ability. It's just, you just need the tools to just move the pieces around the board. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, all right. And it is starting to sink in. Like it is starting to uh, feel just like that. You know, like this is not a moral failing. This is just, this is just a tool. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And the more time you have to use that tool, the better you get with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I tell you, I, I enjoy my cohort. I don't know how y'all curated this group of people, but I enjoy every last one of them. And they each bring um, something different to the group, mm-hmm. uh, which makes us, I feel very close to them, you yeah. know, and when we talk and, you know, when we meet up, when we study groups, like I, I was struggling with someone, I, I was struggling with learning something and someone saw that I was struggling and called me and said, I see you're struggling with this. Let's meet up so we can walk, so I can walk you through what I know. And I just thought, oh my God, like that's that's just amazing. Yeah. You know, because they don't have to be that way. Right. But they are. Yeah. Yeah. We've gotten very lucky in that respect too. And I think that's something that has surprised us a little bit. I think we thought that our our fellows would likely already know each other or have, you know, sort of, you know, 
paths cross paths in some ways. And I think in the beginning, at least with your cohort, a lot of y'all didn't know each other. And so that mm -hmm. was kind of cool too, to see you get to know other people right here um, in New Haven and to see the relationships y'all have built. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I, I mean, we, I've got two Soros in it and I got, you know, I know some folks. So, so it's been nice to sort of, and, and to hear the kind of lawyers that they want to, the, the kind of law that they want to practice and get mm -hmm. into has been just as varied, right? Mm -hmm. You know, things that I, I had not even thought, thought about. And I was like, wow, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty impressive, you know, environmental law and mm -hmm. um, uh, law around um, disabilities and autism and all that kind of stuff. I was just like, I'm just blown away and baffled by um, people's interest and in, in what they're, what they want to commit their lives to, you know? Yeah. So. It's, it's really amazing. All right. So, so be before I let you go, um, say, say some last words to, to people out there who might be on the fence uh, about this. Um, as uh, assuage their fears and concerns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say that if you're even remotely interested um, to spend some time, look at the application on our website, you'll see that it is not where it's not super complicated. It's not asking for very long essays. Um, I would highly encourage you to submit an application and we can start to have a conversation about um, what you're thinking about doing in the future. We're here to support no matter what. And so if you go through the first year of our program and actually what you learn is like, I don't want to go to law school. That's a good thing too, because we don't want you to spend a, you know, a whole lot of time, energy and, and money on something that ultimately you say, oh, one of the things I've learned from this is that the thing I'm doing right now in my community is actually where I want to be. And so there's no such thing as like disappointing us or any of that. Like we're here to be a support system. And so if you think you might want to be in community with other folks to figure out if law school is the right next step, then our program is a program for you. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It's always good to see you, Kayla. I feel Thank like you. I've Thank seen so much me. of you since the very first time that I met you uh, with cohort number one. And so, uh, so I feel like I've gotten closer to you. And I, I, I think what y'all are doing is amazing. And uh, I've enjoyed, uh, even in my frustration, I, this has been an amazing, incredible journey. Like I've learned, you know, old dog learned some new tricks about myself and about my ability to do things uh, has been uh, inspiring to me. So that's wonderful. Thank that's you. really wonderful to hear. Thank you very much. So, so I will see you later because yes, I'm coming will. over. For the uh the the lim was it limon the limon the limon yeah it should be a good evening yeah so I'm coming over for that so I'm excited about that but uh thank you so much for your time this morning thank you thank you I'll see you later you shall all right all right Harry Jones we're out thank you so much Kayla. <laughs> <laughs>
Bye.